Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. Real Estate Coaching Radio is the nation's number one daily radio show for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Get ready for fluff-free, unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what's truly working to get you into action, helping others, and making money now in today's real estate market. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Hey, welcome back. We have a great show for you today. This is actually a show that Julie is right now in chat telling me that she doesn't want me to interrupt her. <laughs> she wants me to let her present the material uninterrupted without any of my rants, which I'm going to respect. <laughs> Isn't that what you were just typing to me, Julie? <laughs> which I'll respectfully do. Yeah, pretty much. We've been getting a lot of uh, questions and concerns about pending transactions. A lot of folks are having some serious issues with regards to dealing with their pending transactions. Um, and I'll tell you, this is uh, exactly like the way it happened back in 07. And Julie, I promise you I won't get on a rant. But listeners, listen to what we're telling you. We've been preparing you. I didn't want to use the word, you you know, didn't say warning, but we've been, you know, <laughs> preparing you through warning you that the market was going to have a, a significant change. We ta- saw 24 months ago that the market was uh, slowing down. Um, Julie and I have a few bellwether uh, markets that we watch. New York City is number one. If Now, New York City has some weirdness about it. It has international buyers. It has things that the rest of the country doesn't have. But when we saw New York City slowing down precipitously, and this was about 24 months ago, and we knew that because we have a lot of the top uh, coaching clients in New York City, and we saw the days in the market extending. When we, locked, uh, when we knew what the um, under-construction condos were and when those were going to be coming for sale, it was a very easy call for us to start warning all of you guys that the market was going to slow down in New York City, and that would lead to a slowdown across the country. Um, we've posted information on our private Facebook page and also our public Facebook page about the fact that it's also slowing down significantly in Southern California, and that is our second uh, – uh, area that Julie and I always watch for any market corrections or uh, real, you know, I, let's be honest, real firm canaries in the coal mine. You know, remember where that comes from, guys. The ca- coal miners used to take a canary down the coal mine in a cage, and if the canary kicked the bucket, they knew, well, there must be some uh, gas that's uh, being leaked in methane or whatever, and that, you know, the canary is more sensitive to it, and, and that's the reason it died. Canary in the coal mine is exactly what we see happening in New York City and Orange County, uh, California, and it's going to be spreading across the country like it always does in a corrective cycle. It's too soon to tell how significant the price drops will be, but in New York City already, the price uh, drops have been, in most of the price ranges, has decreased 7% over last year. So if you purchased last year in most of New York City, you're you basically are already down by 7%. That's going to happen in other markets as well, guys, so stay tuned. Those of you who are in the Midwest, where Julie and I are from, you're going to be feeling this. Um, it'll happen in your market not now, but probably maybe 18 months from now. Whatever happens on the coast always happens in the Midwest last. And when, when there's a recovery, the coasts recover faster, and then the Midwest recovers the slowest. I mean, the biggest in, uh, increases in property values in our old hometown of Columbus, Ohio, Julie, what have they been, really, the last two years, three years? Yeah, uh, uh, maybe even four, absolutely. So, yeah, so the main Col- thing Columbus- is to watch. Yeah, go ahead, sorry. And Columbus, Ohio, and markets like Columbus, Ohio, they missed out on a lot of the recovery that most of the country had been feeling over the last 11 years. Um, and so Columbus will be slower to slow down 
it'll be slower to slow down, but once it slows down, it'll stay slow for a longer period of time, and then it'll increase in value again. These are just the normal cycles that we've learned to live with in real estate. Um, now, here's the weird thing that's going to happen, and, and Julie and I are going to get way, way, as you guys will expect from us, way more in the weeds about what you need to be doing now to, to prepare for a um, you know, housing slowdown and all the rest of it. But here's what's different amongst – that I the reason I'm not so concerned about it this time, and back in 07, Julie and I were freaked out, to be honest with you. We were warning our clients. We were telling people we saw things happening that were just – there were no historical parallels. We couldn't make heads or tails of it. We went and talked with a lot of people that are – you know, a lot smarter than us, and asked them what their opinions were, and they all were predicting doom and gloom, and it was right, and we are right to warn you guys. Even though we received lots of criticism from our fellow coaches and whatever, we had people literally making fun of us and using us as examples of, you know, um, the boy who cried wolf. That happened. All that happened back in 07 and 08, and we started telling you guys to do short sales and started asking you guys to consider doing distress sales and all the rest of it, learning those skills because it was going to be necessary for you not just to survive but thrive in your market. And we are going to be reminding all of you of those the importance of those skills over the next probably six to eight months because in your markets at differing levels, those skills are going to be necessary again, just as what it is. Don't worry about it. Don't freak out about it. Don't don't overcorrect yourself because the reality of it is, is it's actually and I don't think I'm someone who's looking forward to recession because I'm not. I don't like the pain and misery it causes for so many people. But the fact is, is it's actually easier for all of you guys to be successful in a changing market because most agents don't have the inclination, let's just say that to be generous, to actually take the time to learn the skill to be successful long term. So what they'll do is they'll just be in denial about it. They'll complain about it. They'll bitch about the market. They'll, com they'll hope and pray that the market's going to change, and then they can just go back to building their businesses primarily off just you know social connections. Those are the agents that suffer the most. And if you're one of those agents who and you know that's true, then you need to get your skills on and you need to get it on fast because that's what the difference is in a market like what we're going into. The market we've all been enjoying has been a relationships-based market. It's been a market where you can have silly ideas like social networking as your leading edge of your lead generation a system you know, where people believe it or where people believe it's a good idea to buy buyer leads. All of that is going to change. Everything that you guys thought was the way to build your business, and this is mostly for you new listeners, frankly, everything that you guys have been told about what's necessary to build your business, the branding, the teams, all that, every single one of those ideas are a result of a good market. You guys probably haven't been in the business long enough to know what I'm saying to you is true. When the market changes, it isn't a change process mostly. That's where most of the Honestly, that's where most of the pain comes from because people are in denial about it. But in that time, in that process, which can last a year or two or three, you're going to see everything that you take for granted, the teams, the business models, the you know buying of the buyer leads, all the things that we frankly poke fun at in, on this podcast, you're going to see all of those things in flux and a lot of those companies fail. They'll just go out of business. Because companies like that can only exist in a certain type of market. They're not dynamic enough to exist in a market that's dominated by downward pressure on prices. It will be very interesting to, to me to watch to see what happens with these buying buyer lead companies. There's what? We're guessing at least a 1,000 of them that are mimicking what Zillow and Realtor.com do. So when those types of companies are starting to have like, who the hell's going to buy a buyer lead in a buyer's market? Nobody. You know, who's going to buy a buyer lead when the when the uh, housing markets actually dramatically change? Nobody. Those businesses, guys, I hope you realize, have only really been around since 2007. 
Zillow basically starts selling leads to you guys in 2007, 2008, really 2006. How are the, what's Zillow going to do in a market where it's essentially like it was, you know, where essentially it, the buying of the buyer leads thing is so oversaturated? What are they going to do when there's downward pressure on prices? What are they going to do when people are saying, I don't need any problem, I have no problem finding buyer leads, or the, the perceived value that you're offering to me is no longer there? You know, I don't know. And what are you going to do, brokers, office managers, if your USP to get agents to join your office has been, I'll supply you buyer leads? What's going to happen to your business model? So look, guys, history, you know, doesn't repeat itself necessarily, but it definitely seems to rhyme. And we can assume that what's happened or what's going to happen over the next 12 to 24 months is what's going to happen and is what's happened in the past or very similar, which means that all of you guys who are running these very high overhead, low profit businesses are going to suffer. The, I, what scares me for you, aside from everything I just told you, but what legitimately scares me for you is I know many of you are going to make the same mistake that so many agents did and brokers did during the last change in market, and that was waiting too long. That's the typical pattern that people make. They'll be in denial about they'll wait too long, and then they'll burn through their reserve, cash reserves because they won't make corrections into their business model fast enough. They'll keep doing what they were doing all along, hoping that the clouds will clear and somehow things will go back to the way they were. You guys understanding what I'm trying to tell you here? So look, the bottom line is – is that you need to be well aware that the market correction is coming your way if it's not already been there. New York City agents, you know what I'm talking about. It's going to happen. The market that you've enjoyed for so long is going to end, and there'll be a new market. There'll be a bifurcation in the country and the price range and all those types of things. We will keep you guys ahead of the curve as much as we possibly can, as much as you will be willing to listen and learn on this podcast. So stay tuned in. We're going to give you literally, we're going to give you the leading edge, breaking edge information about everything that you need to be knowing uh, so you can not just survive, but thrive in the changing market. And I'll say it again, because it's worth repeating, that it's actually easier to be successful in a changing market, let alone a changed market, than it is in this market, because you can have an edge by having skills and knowing things that other people don't. That simple. A seller in a seller's in a buyer's in a seller's market is not particular about who they list with necessarily. It's who basically puts on the best, I don't know, cat and monkey show, the best fashion show, who basically gives them the most, you know, song and dance. In a buyer's market where the sellers are actually freaking out about the house selling, they're not gonna list with the you know, the agent that basically is their social connection. They're gonna list with the agent who has the skills to get the job done. And so if you don't have the skills, you know what your job is. If you think you have the skills, but you've only been in the business since 07, 08, I promise you, you don't. What you think you know is not going to be relevant enough in the market that we're entering into. You're going to need to be a master at price adjustments, at knowing what direction the market's going, about really drilling down on the market and seeing the different price fluctuations depending on different price brackets, knowing the trends, just everything. You're going to actually have to become a professional, an expert, if you will, not just someone who throws an expert, you know, like by some goofy designation that claims to be an expert, somebody who actually has earned the right to go in there to, to a seller's house and solve their problems. Uh, those of you who are smart enough to be hunting expireds, there is going to be a enormous opportunity in expireds in the last two quarters of this year. Mostly fourth quarter and first quarter of next year, tons and tons of expireds. And you'll see when you call on these expireds, every one of these sellers are going to have listing agents who they you know, probably 
80 percent of them they chose for social reasons and now they're like holy crap the house is not sold the market has changed i need to get ahead of the curve i'm calling you out because i know you can get the job done are you listening to what i'm telling you podcast listeners 102 between 100 and 200,000 of you guys listen on a regular basis are you going to take action on this or are you going to be one of those agents that waits too long Listen, if there's anything we can do for you, and you know there is, just go to freecoachingcallsforagents.com, freecoachingcallsforagents.com. So, Julie, revenge of the pending transaction. That's right. Not that that ever happens, right? But what to do when your deals seem to be turning on you? Questions from agents with more deals pending than they've ever had before. So, I, And I do think that more challenging pendings is also a bellwether indicator of a changing market. So questions that we have are framed in lots of different uh, formats. They sound something like this. Have people lost their minds? It's constant fire putting out time. Is it just me? Is the moon in retrograde? Why is everyone acting crazy? Has society become unglued? I mean, an example of this, I have a great uh, elite coaching client in Canada. He has a beautiful, gorgeous home. His listings are almost always just fantastic, beautiful homes in Orangeville in Canada. He's got super nice sellers. Twice. He's had what seems like just the most bizarre buyer situations ever, multiple bounced earnest money checks, just weird stuff happening, which causes him, that's just one example, you guys listening who have lots of deals pending, you can give me example after example, where it seems like people have just lost it, and why are we dealing with all these issues? Well, so what's the cause of this? There's lots of different things, and regardless of whether it's a seller's or a buyer's market, there are always people that have issues with pendings. There's always drama that hides out in the pending transactions. But some common causes, you know, buyers get stressed out whether they're having to do bidding wars or just buying a house at all. Remember, this is a major life change for anyone. Think about the last time you moved, how stressful it was. Think about people who are relocating across the state, across the country, or even from another country. It's a big deal. Sometimes they have to use escalation clauses or guarantee appraisals. Sometimes they have to purchase as is. Sometimes they're buying a rehab. It's stressful. Okay? Many of your buyers are having to do multiple bids before they end up in the right house. So give them a break. Remember, we do this kind of thing for a living, all of you guys listening to the podcast and, of course, our premier and elite coaching members. You guys get used to it. Buyers and sellers are not used to it. Sometimes buyers get their negotiation revenge on everyone by beating up the seller on inspection items. But consider this. Is it really, quote, beating the seller up? Or are they just simply asking for safety and security items? Houses are complex. Stuff breaks. So don't wig out just when people are asking for things. Some of this is uh, self-created from agents, but we'll talk about that. Another cause of this is inexperienced agents, because when the market is good, lots of people get licensed. And, you know, they have trouble managing their clients, both buyers and sellers, especially when it's the first time they've had a lot of volume going on. So, again, a a little bit of compassion for agents who have never handled a lot of transactions at once. Um, Some of the sellers are stressed out because their house sold before they found something, whether that means they're going to build or they've got to find something, doing a double move, whatever the case may be. They're taking the deal, but they have uncertainty. Uncertainty creates stress for most people. And of course, interest rates rising add even more pressure to everyone. So what do you do about these challenging deals? How do you keep from losing your marbles? Point number one, be the listing agent. Look at John in Canada's case. He still has that beautiful listing, but not once, but twice, two buyer agents have lost the buyer 
because it wasn't a real buyer in the first place. They didn't even have earnest money that would clear. John won because he's a listing agent. He will still make it to the finish line. So work hard, especially now as things are changing and your skills are more valued. Work hard to build up your listing inventory. The listing agent always wins. Whether you have backup offers or not, you still have the listing. Some of you don't even have your buyers and buyer agency contracts. Think about the difference between that and having a real listing contract. Point number two, again, we're talking about how to manage some of the pending side drama. Whether you are on the buyer side or the seller side, prepare your clients for what may happen in the future. What will they do if the house doesn't appraise for that 20,000 they got over the last comparable? What will they do if they, don't, if they get 20,000 less? Think about our Manhattan guys. What are they gonna do if they got less than they thought but they still have to sell? What do they now know that they've gotta get fixed in anticipation of the home inspection? Where are they moving and when? Manage expectations before they become conflict. You know, in any market, one of the things you guys deal with is when the house actually sells faster than they planned and they don't have something. Well, talk about what happens if it sells this weekend, what would that do to your plans, and what happens if it sells in the average days on the market as we see them climbing upwards and it actually takes 60 to 90 days to sell your home. We need to have two plans in place to see what happens so that we can say yes to the right buyer whether that happens this weekend or whether it happens 60 days from now. When you have those conversations earlier and something happens, the sellers are less likely to get out of control with you. Remember, when they feel out of control, that's when they freak out. When they feel like they don't have any options, when they're being pushed around, that's when people freak out, whether they're on the buyer or the seller side. Anything you want to add to this, Tim? This is deep in the land of pendings. Uh, no, not really. I mean, the fact is is that the nature of the pending transaction in a changing market changing. Uh, is going to – yeah, it's, go it's changing, right? And you can't be passive. A lot of you guys if – you, if you're using a really good third-party TC, like TrustedTC.com, if you're using somebody like Tammy, well, she's going to have her shit together for sure. Julie and I have known Tammy for a long time, and she's really good at what she does. But if you're using a TC who's only done transact, if you're like a California person, and I and, or New York City, it's funny we keep on mentioning those two states, where you guys have these kind of weird hands-off, you know, closing processes where you're not directly itself. interacting. Yeah, where it closes basically. If that's been your attitude about closing and doing deals, you're going to lose deals like you cannot believe. I remember very clearly back in '07 and '08. One of our biggest competitors was telling agents that it's normal to have 50% of your deals fall out of contract. Well, that is some that. seriously bad advice, and that not and that's okay. the type of thing that people not okay. And the fact is, is you should lose none of your deals once they're in contract. And if you do lose them, it's because you weren't minding your store. It's not up to the attorney or if you're in New York or the title agent or the whatever, whatever, to be mindful of your transaction or, frankly, even your transaction coordinator. You need to be on the lookout for the little landmines that are very normal in a, in a market where basically buyers and sellers are going to be extra emotionally charged. Sellers because they feel like they've gotten taken advantage of and sold too cheap or you know whatever, whatever, and buyers because the, the exact opposite reasons and then you're going to have a lot of people starting to beat them beat each other up a lot more in inspections guys i promise you the skill set necessary in a normal market where there's almost basically where that's what we're changing into a normal what we'd call a normal market where the exact kind of market where julie and i sold real estate our entire career by the way we never sold real estate in a seller's market it was always more slanted towards buyers 
you know, the average days in the market in our MOS when we sold real estate was six months. And that's not just for any price ranges. That's for all price ranges. So it was 181 days, I remember. That's the average. Now, we were able to sell things quicker, 91 days. But still, that was, how we, that was our market when we sold real estate. That's called normal for you guys who have been selling in hot markets who have no clue. You guys are going to have a big eye, you know, big awakening, and I, I really honestly beg you not to be in denial about this. It's already too late if you aren't taking action on learning what's necessary to basically adjust your skill set. Julie? That's right, and there is a whole generation of agents who have only known a hot seller's market. You guys are the ones we worry about the most because you think that 20 days on the market is a long time. So yep. about that. And you have no idea how to have a conversation. You have no, you guys have no Dr. Phil skills. That's what we call it. Yeah. Where you, you have no Which idea. Means. You have no plan to deal with the seller's emotions. And believe me, they got emotions. You're going to get all kinds of Looney Tunes experiences that you can only, well, you can't even imagine in a transition, no. a transitioning market. The, the emotions that sellers have, how nasty they can be are is going to be uh, just absolutely bewildering to many of you because you're not prepared. They will be nasty to you when you're not ahead of the curve. One of the things we give all of you guys as premier coaching members is uh, it's basically a, a, a what was it called, Julie? Where you a list of conversations you're supposed to have with your sellers and the days yeah. in which you're supposed to have plan. them, how you're supposed. The communication plan. Thank you. Well, there, duh, there's a good name for it, right? It's, it's a six-month uh, communication plan where you're telling you exactly what you're supposed to be doing practically every single day while you have that listing. Now, you can delegate it, but certain aspects of it we don't want you delegating. You have to keep in communication with your sellers. The second you put the sellers on D&D and you're not communicating with them proactively as, the, as is the lazy agent's way, they will not just fire you, but they will hate you. They will badmouth you, and whatever market share you've been able to carve out over the last 10 years will evaporate in like, 30 to 60 days. You guys will be stunned. Those of you who are cocky, you think you got the world figured out, and then the market changes and you don't change with the market, you'll be stunned how fast you have a personal reversal. We have seen it happen literally. Agents, guys, I, there's very few agents I can tell you the names of who are in business as top producers who are the big superstar agents, say, 15 years ago, who are still at that level now. Very, very few. And the reason is because they didn't make the shift in the last market. They got knocked off their purchase, and they never came back. That's a fact. And, I, look, we're not going to get into the weeds because I promised Julie I wouldn't, you know, get off of her topic here. But, I mean, I kind of have, so I apologize, Julie. But there you go. I mean, that's what Julie and I have been thinking about. We've been talking wow. about well, this hey, pretty intensely be ahead for the last 30 days. Yeah. Well, we do. It's but here, here's the problem that you guys have, and here's the problem that we have, okay? If we're too ahead of this – you guys are skeptics. Oh, Tim and Julie, they're just trying to scare us into buying coaching. I know what some of you guys are thinking. I know that's what you're thinking. Well, you have the same problem. If you go to your marketplace and you start talking about an adjusting market in the market where the sellers haven't quite figured out what's going on yet, you're going to be seen as too soon too. So, our, so we can be more bold because we're obligated to, but in your marketplaces, if it's not clear that the market's adjusting, uh, you guys have to be very careful on how you disseminate this information. Otherwise, your competitors will use it against you. They will, when you tell the truth about the market, when you say what's actually happening in the, about the market, and you're too soon, in other words, the acceptance level isn't quite there yet, 
people aren't at least being a little bit more uh, pessimistic about real estate appreciation, and you're starting to tell a story about how home prices are dropping and all the rest of it, they will use that against you, and you'll have a competitive disadvantage. But you can prepare yourself. You know, you got to get your pre-listing pack down. You got to get your listing presentation down. The main thing is, is you have to prepare yourself mentally and emotionally for dealing with all the stresses of the sellers. They're going to be extreme, extreme, because they're going to be scared. Why isn't my house sold? I need the money. I can't move up. I can't move down. I can't relocate. They're going to be worried if they bought in the last two years, and they like New York City, and the properties are, values have already dropped seven percent. What if New York City drops another 7%? What if someone only put down 20%? Now you factor in the real estate commissions. It's called losing money on a transaction. How many of you guys have dealt with sellers who lose money on a transaction? Raise your hands collectively. I see three hands of the probably 200,000 close to that are listing who just rose their hands. Is that the word, rose their hands? No. Raised? Rose? What's the word? Raised. Oh, jeez. More Suck coffee tap. <laughs> Insert <laughs> coffee less, here. I'm not sure. Okay. Yeah, maybe. Well, right, the, the, the point we're trying to make, though, and you're right, is uh, the first thing is to be aware of what's going on. And I think you used a word at the top of uh, this podcast, bifurcated market. What does that mean? It means you may still have some low inventory issues in the first-time buyer stuff, for example. But then the next appointment you go on in the luxury end of your market, and that's different prices in different areas, maybe that's already got an average days on the market for homes like that of six months. You know, you cannot have the same listing presentation for both people. You have to know your stuff without freaking the sellers out. So that's where skill makes a huge difference. So I'm going to do one more quick point of how to manage this, and then we'll get into the rest on future podcasts. Point number three, this is what I call a self-inflicted problem that agents create their own pending drama sometimes or pre-pending drama. Control your own time. Never leave a counteroffer or an inspection negotiation open until 9 p.m. or midnight. What do you think your evening is going to go like if you do that? It signs you up for a stressful evening. Leave negotiations open until noon or 2 o'clock, 2 p.m. the next day so you can work normal business hours and so the other side can sleep on it versus overreacting and creating drama for you. You leave it open until 9 p.m. or midnight and there's some kind of conflict, you're not going to sleep well that night. You're going to think the deal's dead. Okay? So watch your own time. Um, and related to that, we'll do more, one more quick one, point number four. Do not do your negotiations via text. Use professional contracts and addendums so that you can stick to what was agreed to and avoid any gray area. There have been multiple lawsuits that did not go well for the agent who claimed that their text somehow counted as negotiations. It doesn't hold up. Do it the right way. It's going to matter more and more, and some of our millennials are the ones that are most guilty of the whole text roundy round. But be careful that you're sticking to the contract. We're the best scripts ever when somebody's trying to do something unusual during the pending process. We'll just stick to what the contract calls for. Good luck arguing with that. That assumes that you have a great contract. Okay, so I've got to get over to Premier. We'll continue with how to manage these pendings. That's something that's bubbling up with you guys having more issues, people being a little bit more nervous. And as the writing is on the wall of things changing, of course the pendings are going to get more full of drama because people will be more nervous. Remember, uncertainty means that they you know, have a lot more stress, and more stress to them means more stress to you. So get good at this. Polish up your Dr. Phil moments. We're going to help you with that. And please do not freak yourself out over a changing market. 
of course you're going to make a lot of money because you have more people to help, not fewer. It's just the nature of the help is going to change. Your skills are going to be needing to, you know, much more needed. That means you've got to have them in the first place. Sellers can't just throw a for sale by owner in the yard anymore and have multiple contracts by midnight. That means they need you. It also means expired Palooza is going to be a lot more fun, many more to go after, and a lot of people that need your help. As you said, Tim, you know, the agent that they just know socially no longer is going to cut it. They're going to need somebody that actually has to get the job done. So I personally, I'm cautiously optimistic and excited for the opportunity for our skilled agents to shine even brighter with all of these changes. I'm not, I, I worry more about the agents who haven't been through it before. But our skilled agents, well, you know, yes. it'll be their time. So, Julie, during the last real estate correction, our, I, I, I'm probably talking about this to the point of basically annoying people, and that's okay. I'm just being myself. All of our major competitors basically had major setbacks. Okay, I'm not rejoicing in that. I don't really care because the fact is, is the better our competitors are, the better it makes us because when our competitors are good, it creates more interest in coaching. And when people start shopping for who their best coach is, we usually win. So I don't mind. I think it's great when our competitors are making money and they're being really successful. But during the last – and I, here, just stay with me, listeners. Don't get pissed off that I'm talking about this. So during the last recession, three of our biggest competitors basically almost went out of business. Now, why? I, don't think, I think they're good operators. I think they're great business people. I think they were all, you know, whatever. It's because their message of what they were selling didn't work in a changing market, let alone a buyer's market. It didn't work. Their product didn't work, so people stopped buying it. That's the reason that they almost went out of business, or that's the reason they had major setbacks in their business growth, because their product didn't change fast enough. And guess what? It didn't change ever. They just basically weighed the market out and started selling the same exact thing again. You guys have been in the business for a long time. You know what I'm talking about. You know They basically keep saying the same thing over and over and over and over again. They're just playing into the fact that so many the business has so much, the industry has so much churn, so many agents come and go. And they're just assuming that you know in 24 months there will be a new batch of a million agents out there who haven't heard their jib-jab yet. I'm here to tell you guys that's not what we're all about. You guys are listening to, as far as I know, the only coaches who are on our level that have actually sold real estate. And we sold a shit ton of real estate for 10 years, about 10 years. Sold just you know, between 100 and 200 homes per year. So we know what we're talking about. And we've coached. We've actually been coaching now longer than we sold real estate. We've had, it's hard to know how many coaching calls Julie and I have had. Our business took off in 2007 when the market recession hit because we were saying the same things we're saying now. Because we were telling agents that, hey, guess what? There's clouds on the horizon. You better get ready. There's clouds on the horizon. You, if you're not ready, you know, and we kept on warning people, and people started to listen. And then we said, these are the skills you need to learn. And then they listened. And then they took action. And a lot of those agents who basically did really well starting in the recession because they had the skill sets are listening right now. And I'm telling you guys, you listened to us then. I want you to listen to me now. It's changing again. I don't think it's going to be like it was before, but it's going to be in many areas just as bad. There's no doubt in my mind. There should be no doubt in your mind. So you, all of you need to adjust your skills. You need to adjust your approach. Don't think the centers of influence and past clients is going to get you through a market like this. It won't. Don't think the social network and tracking, you know, vanity matrix, which I love that Tim Ferriss thought of that, you know, vanity matrix where a lot of people are quantifying their success is basically how many likes they have. How ridiculous is that? You know, it's not about actual results. 
you know, it's not about actual profit, getting a house sold. It's about all this other silliness. All that stuff, guys, is going to go like poof, like a fart in the wind, like it has before, like it did in 07, like it did in the three, you know, arguably three, probably two recessions prior to that one. All that ego stuff, all that silliness just goes away because skill rules, skill dominates. Agents that have the ability to get the job done, those are the ones that kick serious ass in a changing market, let alone a changed market. The change market, when it's done, that's good because when everyone sort of accepted the fact that, we're okay, we're in a new market now, it's a buyer's market, those, that's, a different, that's easy. It's the changing market that kicks everyone's ass because you have to deal with all these sellers and all this – you know, the sellers are going to be in denial. Your competitors aren't going to – they're going to be in denial. Your competitors are going to, you know, confuse sellers. They'll be, I mean, it's going to, it is what it is. You're going to need to get incredibly good at your craft and become the expert that maybe this last past market has enabled you not to ever have to become. You know, you're going to have to become really, really good at pricing, having conversations with sellers about adjusting prices downward. And this doesn't mean you have to become, you know, psychopathic jerks. It just means you're going to have to really work on your bedside manner, really work on showing, you know, compa- showing empathy, showing compassion without basically allowing yourself to get pulled in so you don't drain yourself. You're going to have to become a professional. You're going to have to become and finally see yourself as what you truly are, which is a professional problem solver. That's what you do. Or it's what you don't do, and if you want to make money and really be successful, that's how you have to think of yourself and start doing it. Does that make sense, listeners? Look, guys, if you need us for anything, it's Tim at TimAndJulieHarris.com or Julie at TimAndJulieHarris.com. Have a fantastic day. We'll talk to you on the show tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.